0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guests are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or The Owners
1: Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com.
2: Well, life is full of defining moments, and we just want to challenge you today. Can you think of a moment that has helped define and and perhaps shape your life? Maybe it is a moment from the past, or perhaps it is a recent moment. Well, welcome to GirlfriendIt, a great place
0: to connect and girlfriendify your life. We're Lisa and Patty, and today our show has a
2: few twists and turns as we talk about moments in our lives that have
0: made an impact.
2: Well, you know, Patty, we are passionate about helping women lead and live their life for greater impact, and so many times women don't feel like they really do have a voice and really can do that, and I know um, later in our show today, we're going to be talking with um, a gal who's a filmmaker who creates educational documentaries to truly um, impact and make people aware of kind of what's going on on different topics, but so much about life is about Awareness And something that we want to make you aware of, that we have some good friends at Moms for Family TV, and uh, there is a, a made-for-TV movie coming out uh, this weekend that we want to make. This is a great thing because we love to, to promote positive um, messages and positive Absolutely. things out there that really has it can help, uh, you know, with our families and Field of Vision is a movie that's airing this Saturday um, at 8, 7 Central Time on NBC. And it's a story about a great kid who stands up to bullies. And there's so much more. You can get more information by going to Moms for Family TV. And just want to encourage people to take advantage of these when these these movies are being produced that we really do support it. Yeah. And and you're so right, Lisa, because without awareness
0: and without um, trying to do things that prevent – uh, especially in this situation with the bullies. And I know today in our show we're talking about human trafficking. If you don't know where to go, you feel so trapped, and you, it really is a prison. And I know just recently we received an email from a gal who had actually attended our church in a youth group and was in the porn industry. And so many times you, you get so trapped in that situation that if you don't know who to call on, if you don't know who is making where to people aware... Then, um, then it can be a horrific state to be in because you just it, you feel isolated and you don't even know who to turn to because everybody you've surrounded yourself with now is in that industry as well. And I know you were able to even call her and and uh, and have contact with her, and that that's what they want. They just want someone to listen to them and. I know uh, so many times as we're trying to help women to really lead a life of impact, we will sit and just talk with them. And we can't believe how many times these gals are coming to us and their husbands are addicted to porn or they're dealing with something within the sex industry. And I, I don't know if we've just put ourselves more available to that or what's going on, but we really believe that
2: this is a strong issue that, We really have to get out there. Well, and we're talking about, you know, there's there's so many different layers and issues regarding the sex industry. And no one really is immune, and we're discovering that. There's so much woundedness, and even um, if it's not happening in the present, so much abuse or... Um, dysfunction has happened in, in the past as you know in, in women's lives as they've grown up or whatever. And we think sometimes we're fine, thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. And we
2: keep going on and we've gotten so good at wearing masks as women that we, we create this uh, kind of facade on the outside that I am so okay. And inside we're still that little girl crying just wanting to be loved. And I know like some of the women you talked to and I talked to and we both talked to, on the, on the outside, they are so put together. And you would never have any idea. Mm-hmm. But on the inside, they're just so wounded and broken and hurting. And, um, and that's what we are just really passionate about because so much of leading and living your life for greater impact is, is choices and, and, and acting, um, making good decisions and being aware mm-hmm. and knowing how to prevent. And there's so many different things that we, we just want to help women as they do just do life with that. Mm-hmm. And I think
0: so much of it does start with women, especially um, for, for moms, we are surrounded with um, our culture is, is obviously so sexual. And, you know, we do know that more than 11 million Americans have a sexual addiction. So there's definitely a problem here. But just with your kids, I mean, you can, you'll can you see it on the Disney Channel. I, I know we went to lunch with a bunch of girlfriends the other day, and everybody was talking about the American Idol with Lady Gaga um, what she, I, I didn't see it, but apparently it was the sex act on stage. You know, and it's like, I, you can love her music, but it's like, hello, if, if that's going on in a place where it is rated as it's okay for a 10-year-old to watch, then we need to talk about it with our children. You yeah. can't just let them see this and go, oh, that's horrible, and walk away. We need to have some dialogue here to let them know what's appropriate behavior and what's not. And I think so many times, we
2: just stuff it or we, we're, we're afraid of it. We don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. And I think a lot of times we become um, desensitized to it because we see it so much. Yeah. It bombards us everywhere through lyrics and music, through, you know, the visual on TV. And it, it, is, it goes back to that saying, and I'm, I'm going to misquote it, so be with me. But Please the, misquote it Yeah, party. The unthinkables of yesterday become the realities of today. And so what, what? at one point you go, that would never, ever happen. And you just watch it in time, that becomes a reality. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that over and over again, because some of the things that are happening today, even when we were kids, you would have said, oh, there's no way we would ever tolerate that. Well, even it, as simple as the Dick Van Dyke show, how <laughs> they
0: had to be in two separate beds. I didn't realize that in order to make that show, they couldn't show a man and a woman in the same bed. I mean, that. That seems so comical because now you pretty much can see them doing anything in, on television, <laughs> yet alone to have to be. I just remember them him jumping up and doing his exercises in the morning, you know. Yes,
2: yes. Separate twin beds. Well, and they had their, like, flannel-looking pajamas. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, They were. And so you watch some of those old shows, which I think we're dating ourselves maybe a little bit, but I'm okay with that because it's in reruns. I, I love I, reruns because so many <laughs> of this, the, you know, the younger generation is watching the reruns that we unfortunately watched as they were live. Yes. (laughs) From the nursery, you might add. Yes, like From my crib. Yes, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) But we have come a long way. What used to be the unthinkable and you couldn't say certain words, you know? And now it's like, holy cow. (laughs) Except not that. No.
0: (laughs) No, not that at all. I, I find that I used to really squirm when you would hear words, you know, especially on television. And even that, you're like, yeah, that's not so bad, you know. I know, and your kids I hear it. know. It's like, yeah, and and we're not even allowed to say the word, the s word, which is stupid oh. in our. I to say, you better clarify <laughs> that because we think, <laughs> and it's funny because. Uh, yeah, someone will say that, and my littlest one will say, Mom, they're saying the S-word. And, uh, you know, you just think of what now that they hear on television, the, now you can just, you can say the S-word as much as you want. I know. <laughs> it's
2: really not that bad. Well, you know what's interesting? The other day I was, I was at the dog park with my daughter watching her dog run around play, and there were these two little kids. And I, I'm not kidding These two little boys had to be four and five or five and six, really young. You wouldn't believe what was coming out of their mouth. And it was like the four-letter words. And I'm watching this going, unbelievable that that is just accepted. And they've had to to have heard it so many times over and over. They don't realize it. And I think we are raising our children in a very, um, you know, desensitized environment where it doesn't doesn't bother them anymore. And they hear so much stuff out there. I remember having dialogue with my daughter in high school. And we'd be talking about stuff. And she'd go, do you understand what I'm seeing at school? And it's like, oh, it's like we don't want to know it, but we need to know it. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, really? Because it's like, that would have never, that would have been one of the unthinkables when we were in high school, what, what's going on now. And so I think we, yes, we need to have this dialogue as women, and we need to uh, be aware and go, what are some things to prevent this? And one of them is just talking about it, and to are going, are you okay with this? Am I okay with this? Because so many times, even um, in our parenting or just in our lives, we um we, want, we don't know if we're the only one that feels this or thinks this. Mm-hmm. So it's good to know that there's others that agree. And then there really is um, there's an impact when, when women can get together and use their voice. And that's what we love to do is just rally women together and go, okay, together we are better and stronger. Mm-hmm. And let's go out and make a difference with some of these things. Well, it's
0: interesting that you, you would mention using your voice because I just had a girlfriend of mine who um, actually wants to go back into the brothel. Uh, she's in the sex industry, and she's dealing with a lot of, of stress. And she made a comment about uh, Shania Twain losing her voice with the stress that she had gone through with her divorce, her husband. And um, it's interesting that so many women that get to that point of rock bottom, that that's what they feel like. They don't have a voice. They don't have um, – once again, it's just it's being in prison and not knowing the way out that she used that Shania Twain um, scenario as that's how she felt, yeah. even though she's not a singer, you know, yeah. she's not. But I just thought, okay, that's really interesting because it really is about having a voice. And having. that's what we try to do. We try to have a voice for those women that feel that they don't have a voice. And even in this gal situation, so many times women that are in the sex industry, they think that, I'm just going to do it for a short time. They want to believe that lie that I'm going to make some really good cash
2: and I only have to do it for a short time. And it only affects me. I think there's that thing. We don't realize that we are a community, a society, and one action leads to, you know, it, it, we do have a ripple effect in our lives and the impact we have on other people. And mm-hmm. sometimes we think it's just me. hmm And even from the gal you're talking about, it's just like it's affecting marriages because you have these men coming, you know. But it's so twisted because in their
0: world they think that they're helping marriages, that these men are coming to them, and it's actually beneficial because they're able to not have an emotional relationship with someone. They just can basically have sex, pay for it, and walk away, and nobody's being affected. Once again, it's the lie. There's so many lies that they're believing there, You know, it's quick cash. I'm actually helping people. I'm, I'm saving marriages. You know, they don't look at the opposite effect of what's going on.
2: Well, and that's what we want to talk about today because coming up we have our guest, uh, Brittany, and she is actually a filmmaker, and she's going to be helping us to become aware of this issue in a different realm and how it's affecting just globally and um, infecting our, infecting our, our homes. So we're going to hear some, some horrific stories and just hopefully tug at some of our hearts to go, we got to do something, so stay with us.
1: is Girlfriend on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more girlfriended radio right after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 Central on tugginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo. Dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Mind
0: Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist, and Joan Duhane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on
1: TogiNet Radio. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
2: Well, we have been talking this morning about kind of a heavy subject, but you know what? We just want to know there's always light, and there's always healing, and there's always hope, and that's what we really want to focus on today as we go into talking with our next guest, Brittany the fever, And Brittany is a filmmaker, and she creates documentaries, and it's taken her literally all over the world. And she is trying to create that awareness on this tough subject from a different angle. And, and even, you know, we're going to talk about here's some solutions, here's some way we can help overcome this together and rally together to do something, because I think as we hear from Brittany, our heartstrings are going to be tugged as a mom and as a woman and just as a a member of society to go, okay, no more. What can we do to get involved? And just to even help just each person doing what they can do. So, Brittany, we want to welcome you to our show this morning. How are you?
3: I'm great. How are you doing?
2: We're doing great. And we just want to – we're not going to talk so much, but um, we just want to ask you, how did you get drawn into this whole topic of the the sex um, industry um, and just what you're doing?
3: Sure. You know, there's so much momentum built up around the issue of sex trafficking these days, and I tell you, it, from a filmmaker, it's, it's a little flashy for us because, you know, it's a hot topic, and a lot of times we're conditioned to believe and think, okay, what's going to sell, what's going to be the most effective uh, form of media right now that is really going to grasp audiences, and so we started with that kind of pursuit, sadly, um where are we were seeking to to tell stories um that will that will um how do i describe this that will capture an audience and we can have the momentum of what is flashy and catchy right now in society but what happened was through the research and going to the front lines we were led to actually travel a route um of a the storyline of what we were uh told and and given and um directed to as far as how we were going to make this film and I tell you, going to the front lines and experiencing it firsthand, the conviction of thinking that we were going to go out and use this story, use the issue of sex trafficking to tell a story, it totally convicted us as, if you're not careful, these girls can actually be exploited. So... I think that's why we were so passionate and led to go to the front lines, because we had to experience it firsthand and see what is actually going on. So we started our travels, actually, from Juarez, Mexico, all the way to Santiago, Chile, and we were targeting the sex trafficking industry in Latin America. Um, And through that time, I had so much conviction learning about what these girls go through and that we can actually exploit them if we aren't careful of how we tell their stories, and that, which is so important why we need to be educated, knowing what is damaging for these girls, what's not. So um, I we, we traveled. We traveled um, for two and a half months researching the issue, hearing from the girls, hearing from the people that are fighting it on the front lines, targeting what is actually happening and learning that we can't just make a feature film, we can't just make a, a documentary. We actually have to make a, something that sparks a movement, something that pushes us fighting this issue, rather than us just being entertained for a couple of hours.
2: You know what? I, I got to say, Brittany, that is so wise because it, we can. You do. It is a hot topic, and it is not a hot topic just for Patty and It really is something that we want to help. Like you said, I love create the movement where you create. Um, a call to action. And it's not just for the moment, but it really is something that's sustainable. And you do see a lot of flashy films, whatever, that are out there that, like you said, that could exploit it and do more damage than than helping the situation, helping these girls. But even from a filmmaker's point of view, because we're all about helping women live and lead their lives to greater impact and to do something that we all can do something no matter what it is. We don't have to have, you know, a Ph.D. To, to really impact people's lives, how would you address that just from, you know, a woman's point of view and, and a young gal's point of view, which, um, which you are, and just going, okay, here's what I can do. So can you talk about just from your perspective as a young gal going, I, I want to do something that's significant, I love your thinking, how you just really thought it through going, I don't want it to be this, I want it to be this. Can you just kind of address that a little bit?
3: Yeah, you know, it really doesn't take us being, uh, you know, professors or college educators. I mean, I actually didn't even go to school for this. I I stumbled into the film industry, was led to 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 be in the film industry, um, and I just took the resources that I had and saw that there was a huge need that need, of the exposure to the issue of sex trafficking, but more specifically, a strategy. So it's really what what made the difference for us and my team. Um, was that we actually, we chose to go to the front lines and fight this issue. So we made it personal. And so that's all it really takes is us to walk together in this and not stay at an arm's length distance. We have to go and fight this together. This, this issue needs that. This issue needs people that are willing to go deeper into the issue and not just pat the backs of those who are fighting it on the front lines. The sad thing is there is such. A battle going on over this issue, if we don't step up and help those who are already there fighting this, the whole thing I mean it's just going to continue on, and these people that are, are there already are just they're getting beaten up to a pulp so it's really taking the resources in any sphere of society that we fall into and maximizing what our resources are, maximizing who we know, and just bringing awareness. Bringing a strategy, but going deep with it, making it personal, making it a part of your life. I feel traveling down um, and going to the front lines, meeting these girls, and now that are they're my friends. You know, these these girls are they're so precious to me just because of being there and being around them. You know, that's what that's what makes this that's what makes it different. I mean, allowing us to be a part of the story, being a part of the issue, and going so deep that. Whatever, whatever you see, whenever I see something on TV now I, I about sex trafficking, I feel so affected by it just because I allowed myself to go that deep. And honestly, that's not for everybody just because it's not a safe walk. You know, it's not mm. – unfortunately, it's not the comfort of the American way. It's it's scary. It's dangerous. It's it, It's intense. But it's rewarding because you're seeing these lives being restored. You're seeing these people – having hope just because someone is stepping out in their sphere of society and saying, I'm going to help and I'm going to get involved. I'm going to push forward and help these girls fight and live and become human again. It's just, it's just, the, I think that's been the most overwhelming piece to this whole thing is how dehumanizing the issue of sex trafficking is. It, it really is the devil's bedroom. It's, it's, it's horrific what these girls have to go through.
2: Well, and you know what, I know coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk specifically about some of these stories with these women that you were up close and personal with. And I want to just kind of cast out the net a little bit because you, you saw a need just for women because maybe even if it's not um, the sex industry, because I think so much of what you're saying applies to whatever we decide to do to impact whatever need we see and we go, we need to be a part of the solution. So if a woman is sitting there, like you said, you, you made it personal, you strategize, you rallied together a team, and, and those are all such significant um, ingredients, but you also it also takes money. So how did you, as you're, you're seeing this need, because so many times we see a need, but we go, I don't have money, I don't know what my resources are. I don't know how to even start. And so we get paralyzed and we don't do anything. And I think that is so common. It's not that we don't want to. We don't even know where to start and it's overwhelming. So how do you do, how did you even get started in this to address people, no matter if they're doing the sex industry, but no matter what need they see that they want to get involved, how would you encourage them to just get going? You know the biggest thing
3: I've learned over this whole experience of putting this film together, and in general, just being in the film industry, um, I it, it's not something that we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Our purpose is not to go out and bring awareness to a lot of issue, a lot of the the, the chunks of sex trafficking that already have been brought, like all the awareness that's already been brought. Mm-hmm. We. We, it was all about, for us, it was all about collaboration, and it was about speaking those who have resources or who are fighting this on the front lines. It's about connecting the dots. I mean, that was the whole perspective of the documentary, was going down and saying, okay, who's doing what, and what are they doing, and how can we connect these people together, unify them, and fight it together? And the problem we found was, people love to go and, and reinvent the wheel. They love to go out and try and start their own thing, try and be their own project, you know, and that, it doesn't help. It doesn't help the issue. So it's, for us, it was not starting from scratch. It was us seeking what is already out there, which is what actually led us to even meeting a ministry called Many in the Soul, and they are targeting a strategy of how to reach out to these girls and how to be effective in our communities so we can identify abuse. So we did that in every area possible. I mean, we met congress people, we met um attorney generals. We we went across the board and and tried to seek who is doing what and how can we how can we um, merge and how can we become one unit so that the momentum is consistent and it's not chaotic and but and but it's strategic. So that's what we did. We just, we didn't go out and try, try something new. We went out and said, okay, where's the stomp grounds and how can we collaborate?
0: Well, I think that is amazing because it is all about collaboration, and you're right. When you have all these separate entities all doing their own thing, which is great because you can you can help those individuals. But when you come together and you start forming these partnerships, I mean, phenomenal things are going to happen. And I really believe that there is a revival taking place um, with people coming together, and they really do see this issue, and they're ready to stand up for these girls. Well, and some of the boys as well. Um, but did you just recently, am I hearing you right, that you went there and then you met and, and collaborated with Mending the Soul?
3: Actually, the collaboration with them began in the very beginning. Um, okay. I, I think that was so strategic, even with our plan on moving forward, just because we went down the first time going into Latin America with the, the lens of Mending the Soul and being careful about not to exploit these girls and to tell their stories and, and have their stories them as human beings matter, not not just like their, you know, not just their testimonies.
0: Yeah, we're so, not to snag their story. Brittany, I hate to interrupt you here, but we only have about thirty seconds left. But we are going okay. to back and we are going to talk a little bit more about what you're doing, and also give you our, or have you give us more information on mending the soul, and how they work here, not only in Arizona but across the United States as well as globally. So we just want to thank you for your heart and for um, just that drive that you have and especially bringing up the topic of um, not exploiting these girls because it's really hard. I like what you said about educating people because it's hard sometimes to have that discernment and to be able to to differentiate when we're telling these stories um, what it means to exploit. So thank you, and we will be right back.
1: This is Girlfriended on TogiNap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones.
2: In the healthcare industry today, most of
3: us are left in the dark when our doctors talk to us about our health and wellness. It seems that they don't have enough time to be informative and give us the options we deserve. Are you frustrated with today's
0: medical advice as I am?
1: Join the Medical Insider with Danny Walker and Dr. Richard Powell as they discuss the insider look at various therapies, medications, supplements, and much, much more. We will bring you the cutting-edge information regarding your health care and how you can take control of your health care decisions by not being fooled, but being informed. Danny Walker and Dr. Richard Powell will be joined by experts in various fields throughout the healthcare care industry, and they'll uncover the information that you should know about when it comes time to making those crucial decisions.
2: Don't be fooled. Be informed with The Medical Insider every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 Central.
1: Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on togynet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
2: Well, thank you for joining us today. We are just having a great conversation with Brittany LeFever, who is a documentary filmmaker, and she has gone into the trenches with women who are... um, surviving and trying to survive and, and looking for hope and healing in this issue deep dark issue of sex trafficking and Brittany, we just appreciate your heart and just how you've kind of been talking to us about the importance of strategizing and collaboration and so many times we don't know where to start and, and we think we have to reinvent the wheel, but it's so many times it's looking around and going who's doing something amazing that we would like to join and to be a part of. And that's what you did with Mending the Soul. And uh, it took you on quite the journey. And you were, like you said, were down in Latin America, and you were actually in the trenches up close and personal with these gals that are victimized from this horrific crime. And um, I think I think what is significant about that is so many times we hear these stories and it's from a distance, and it's really hard to engage when it's something in another country. But when you're actually there and you're touching these gals and you're seeing the tears and you're seeing the effects, it it does change you. So can you share with us a little bit about some of these stories, some of these gals that you um, that you lived with?
3: Absolutely.
2: You know, there
3: was an there's an overlying theme that seems to keep popping up. Every region of the issue of sex trafficking drastically changes. And so you'll see each each has kind of a theme of the issue. And so the the whole system of sex trafficking, the business, shifts because of this overlying theme. For example, in Latin America, what we found is hundreds of thousands of people tried to go to the United States every single year. Um, in that process, these girls literally will leave their homes um, taking birth control, actually, knowing that they're going to get raped and knowing how dangerous it is to go up to the States. Um, but what we found is... In Saltillo, Mexico, which is about halfway point in in the um, the whole country, there's a refuge home that had about for it was for immigrants that were getting caught by the government. It had about a hundred men and it had about three women. And when I asked the director about it, I you know, it was just like, "You know, is it just a is this just a house for men or what's what's the deal?" And he goes, "Oh, well, you know, this is just immigrants, and the women don't make it this far." And so what we found is ninety eight percent of women that try to make it to the United States will be trafficked or will be sexually exploited oh. um it it's a horrific number i mean it's so sickening to think that they can't even make it halfway up Mexico without getting trafficked or abused and you know this is this is the women the men are going through the same thing they're they're experiencing different forms of abuse of course but what's happening is the cartel have such power there, and they're picking off these immigrants like flies. I mean, cause the, the families that these girls are coming from mostly are poverty, and the, the whole reason why they're trying to get to the states illegally is to, to try and better their lives. So all of them, 100% of them, have come from a root of poverty. So these cartels know about that, and they can take these girls and literally have them disappear from the world because no one has the finances or the ability from their families to go looking for them.
2: Well, and you know, you're making an interesting point because basically you're saying these women... Are invisible and no one would ever notice that and you know I even sitting here in our Western you know American culture it is hard to really um, grasp what you're saying because we sit in our comfortable homes and our and we we complain if we don't if their air conditioning is not working right in the summer and I mean those are our concerns and our you know frustrations and yet you hear what you're just talking about. Women can't even make it just to survive, and they become invisible. And I think so many women, whether it's through with that, we feel invisible, you know, and women even struggle with that here. Invisible, it takes on a different form, but we, we've got to start, you know, identifying and giving people identity and names and faces so, so people aren't invisible. And I love what you're doing, and just creating awareness and having these conversations is so significant.
3: Yeah. And, you know, what's what's so hard for me, specifically being a, an American and being a part of this big land of lethargy, lethargy, <clears throat> is the fact that we actually make up the largest percentage of uh, illegal sex trade consumption. So it becomes a lot more personal when I see the suffering of these girls and know that we are the largest percentage of the consumption of illegal sex. So... That's where it bothers me the most, and that's where I, I'm, our, our passion is to get the message out to America and say, look, we are the problem. We are the problem that of why these girls are suffering so deeply, so badly. You know, I, that was probably the most humbling experience for me the entire trip, to consistently be reminded that we, we make up the problem. We are the reason why these girls have these horrific stories. We are the reason why they are needed and so demanded. And we're the reason why it's so easy, if these girls are taking off the streets, it's so easy for them to be replaced because it's such a high demand. That's, that's been the hardest piece for me to digest throughout this entire experience.
0: So what have you found, then, Brittany, with the, the filmmaking in helping people with the prevention part of it? Is, it? is it just right now all we can do is make people aware or is there something like you said? There's just um, it's like this insatiable appetite going on, and it um, you you have to truly look at it as the starfish scenario of at least I can help this one girl. Otherwise, it's all consuming.
3: Right? Yeah. You know, there's there's many different elements of how we can get involved, and in honestly, that breaks down to what sphere society we can we can uh, influence. Um, we found that there's three spheres to to really tackle in order to move forward with the issue of sex trafficking. One is awareness, Um, but in awareness there is the prevention plan, and a lot of it, specifically for Latin America, um, it's going to these girls who are coming from poverty, who are trying to make it to the United States, and educate them and say, look, the the path is not worth it, and this is the the problem that you're going to face when you're trying to make it up there, but also, you know, there's a whole other issue where pimps are having a heyday on these girls that are growing up in, in poverty areas, and most of the time, you know, poverty there's a higher percentage of abuse happening in, in the families and in the communities. So these guys are coming in and they're adapting to whatever they, these girls need, whether if it's a boyfriend figure, a father figure, whatever it is. They, they know how to read that and they know how to feed, feed it. And these girls just fall head over heels for these guys. And sure enough, they say, oh, let's go for a better life and pull them out and take them to a different city. So it's – and then start trafficking of them, of course. But So it's really about bringing the awareness to poverty areas and um, talking about a prevention plan of, you know, saying, look, this is not – this is going to – this is what might happen, and there's a high percentage of that to happen. But then that also feeds into the whole thing again of getting educated. You know, if we honestly could just identify abuse in our community, that basic, where we can see, oh my gosh, that that person has signs of sexual abuse, or that person has signs of physical abuse, it's obvious. The signs never change. It's it's the symptoms never change. Um, If we could just start identifying and seeing the effects of abuse in our communities, in our churches, in our schools, in our organizations, we can, we can start helping to fight the issue because we can kill the root of this nasty fungus before it even begins. And that goes for both sides of the spectrum, too. I mean, if you think about the side of the consumption, the reason why these girls are so demanded is because the Johns are addicted to sex um, and addiction is rooted in unprocessed abuse. So if we can start focusing on helping these guys, even start understanding abuse and start pulling them away from the need of having to go out and purchase sex, we can start killing the demand of the whole issue. So we're going. We have to go right to the root. But that also takes, you know, the conviction of the pimps. The, the The law needs to be in place to be more strict and more um, convicting. For these guys to have a punishment if they go out and purchase sex and same for the pimps I mean the the laws need to be more strict in order for us to be in a place to convict them and to reach out to them for them to even consider healing or to consider a, a different life so there's there's these massive um, fears which is you know the awareness the the conviction and the healing that if we can as a whole community, start getting involved in one of these spheres, we can start moving forward and seeing a difference in the issue.
0: And that is so amazing. You can tell you're so passionate about that. I know. Um, I, I feel that we need to just slice all the Pimps and John's penis off, but we can't talk I about that on radio. You just said <laughs> that. <laughs> Apparently, that won't go over well. But
2: <laughs> she I, is I am so inappropriate you. sometimes, but she's so right on. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what it is, and you know what, Kate. Okay, we're just listening to you. And Patty and I always say, you know, we always ask when we're talking to him, what is it that you would bleed for, that you are so passionate about? Because so many times we have lost our passion in life, um, and we we see needs or we see things, and we it's so easy to go, oh, somebody else will will do that. Love your passion is oozing out your pores. I just want you to know that, and you articulate it so well. And um, and it, it, obviously, this is something that you would bleed for, and. We want to just challenge those that are listening today. It might not be the sex industry, but what, what would you bleed for? What are you passionate about? And you broke this down so well, talking about the awareness, the conviction, and the prevention and all of that. And so as we go into our next segment, you're going to be talking with us about the prevention more, about the help, about the healing, and about the hope that comes with this subject because that is very, this is very dark and it's overwhelming. And like Patty said earlier, it's like the starfish um scenario where you go okay but to this one it does matter and these women are not invisible and um and it goes but there's so many layers and so much tangleness but you said a set a a phrase and I want to go back to it I don't know if you remember this but you said addiction is rooted in something abuse and I don't know if you remember what you said but I don't know what that word was I was typing and taking notes. what'd you say
3: I say it's, um, it's addiction is rooted in unprocessed abuse.
2: Unprofit abu- abuse?
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, Can, and I, that is significant because I, I think just labeling these things and putting a name to some of this issue really helps in, in moving forward. And so we just want to challenge just our listeners today to go, okay, what is it that really stirs your soul that you see a need for, that you go – if I collaborated with somebody, if I started doing some research, that I could really make a difference and make an impact. And so as we come back, Brittany, we want to just keep talking about a little bit of mending the soul and about the prevention, so stay with us.
1: This is Girlfriend on ToggyNet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended radio right after these. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 3 central on toginet.com. Juliana is a marriage, family, and child therapist who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you. Here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on the show and Juliana, check out her webpage. Connect with Juliana in media.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune into TogiNet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on TogiNet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 central on toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinlock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Pinrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpinrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2 1 Central on TogiNet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa.
2: Well, we have enjoyed our time talking to Brittany Lafever, who is a filmmaker, and just someone who is passionate, it was in the Outer Pores, about um, being a part of solutions and help and healing and hope. For women that have found themselves victimized in the horrific, horrific crime of sex trafficking, and this has taken you, like we said, to Latin America, to all over the world. But um, Brittany, we just love you you've just so broken this down, and as we, as we conclude this time together, which we would love to have you again, um, we want to talk about the prevention piece because so many people might be sitting here going, "Okay, this is horrific." I see needs around me, I, I feel so inadequate to do something, and listening to you talk, you did something on such a grand scale that so many people are going, I, could never, I can't just take off two and a half months and go travel, I can't do this, I wish I could. How, would, how do you, t- you know, just encourage us to do what we can where we are, and what does that prevention piece look like for this topic?
3: Yeah, I think what's been the coolest piece for me and the most encouraging, because it is easy to get overwhelmed with the issue of sex trafficking on such a grand scale. I mean, it's, it's the second largest illegal industry in the world. If we look at it that way, it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed and just step back and say, you know what, there's nothing I can do about it. But what's been so encouraging for me is the involvement of um, my, my documentary and the movement that we're pushing forward with, is our, our involvement with uh, Men in the Soul. And Men in the Soul has taken such a practical way of breaking down this massive issue and making it to an individual. Um, and it's not just an individual of a girl who's been trafficked, but as an individual who's passionate about getting involved and helping fight this issue um, on the front lines without us even really trying. I think... What's been the craziest experience for me is, I started this journey of pursuing the the uh, helping these girls, helping these girls heal, helping these girls be free from this this horrific issue, and even you know be free from the need of of the, the demand of needing to be a prostitute. And what has happened through meeting many in the soul in the very beginning of this whole process. Um, I saw that I personally needed to get educated. And what I thought first was, okay, I'm going to get educated. I can start identifying abuse. I can start helping these girls uh, go through psychological healing. But what ended up happening through that, my pursuit of just wanting to help and influence another person or the issue, I was, it was turned on me. The table turned. And I personally had to go through a, a healing journey. So by my desire to help somebody else, my desire to help this massive global issue, I found myself reevaluating my whole life and seeing, oh, my gosh, I've been abused. I've been acting out in abuse. I'm not a safe person. I need to go through healing. And so it sent me deep, deep, deep deep into my own journey um, where I was able to start identifying places of where I've been abused in my life Um, And start walking through a journey of healing, walking through an intimate journey of healing and and really seeing, okay, I have to get healthy in order for me to have others be healthy. So that's what happened. And it sent me on that journey. And and what's been so rewarding is the fact that going through that, I now can be more healed. So I feel like I'm more of a whole person. And... In addition to that, I can start identifying and seeing it in other people. Um, what was, I think, one of the craziest experiences for me, I walked into Celeste Tracy's office, who is the writer of the book. Um, I walked into her office having no idea that she wrote this story and or wrote this book and this curriculum, and she brought up this massive chunk of the abuse I've actually experienced, which is actual actually spiritual abuse. Um, and somehow i don't even remember exactly what she said, but she flared up this anger that was inside my heart that was towards the church because of spiritual abuse i've gone through and i couldn't believe it how how much just her you know just her asking about the issue of spiritual abuse how that awakened this this pain in my heart that that aroused with anger and so as soon as that happened, I started evaluating okay there's there's a lot to myself, my own story that has to uh, go through healing in order for me. I mean, I, what if that happened if I was talking to a, a girl on the street and I, that aroused and that anger came up? I mean, that would shut that girl down. It would be a disservice to her by my own triggers. So it was incredible. I mean, Celesta broke it down for me and said, okay, this is what you've been spiritually abused. This is what it looks like. This is what you need to do. And um so I did, and I went on a crazy journey and um, now, which drove me deeper into the issue of sex trafficking to put it into different perspectives that all the whole issue the whole issue exists because of unprocessed abuse. the whole issue exists because we are not identifying abuse in our communities, so it's a huge opportunity because it 's such. A complex issue, It's such, and many in the soul, they spell it out for you. It's such a complex issue, but all of us can be involved, and all it takes, all it takes is for us to just go through our own healing journey, go through getting educated, and start seeing it, start having that lens to see it in our communities, in our churches, in our schools, um... And, and again, yeah, start killing the root from um, from where this thing is infecting, infesting. You know, it, it's in in so many different facets. I mean, as soon as we get educated, as soon as we start seeing it in our communities, this this issue will just disappear. There will not be a demand for it anymore.
0: Okay, um, we just love uh, this conversation, and you are giving us all kinds of information here, and I know we don't have time to go through a whole therapy session, but if we could just...
2: um, We're sitting here staring at each other going,
0: okay, this is like really good. I wish you could see, yeah. We we need another hour with you, but I would like to just even break down, when you're talking about that unprocessed abuse, um, what would be one... you know, saying that you felt like you were spiritually abused? Because I, I totally relate to you on that level. And so when you say you didn't know it until, you know, then these conversations started taking place and you had to go through your own healing, can you give us a sample of something that took place and what Celeste just said to do about that?
3: Yeah, you know, I think I think how the conversation went, is so hard to remember because it's been such a crazy time since we had that first conversation but one of the biggest things is, um, I have such a hard time walking into a church building. In fact, it's been such an issue that I haven't gone to church in three years. Mind you, I'm still a believer and I've been taking a very different and unique route of how to pursue my relationship with the Lord. But what I found. I I couldn't understand why is it that I just I can't when I the moment I walk into a church building, I have a hard time being there. I feel very oppressed, um, very discomforting. Like all these emotions just rile up, and and to, yeah, to the point where you know I really haven't gone to church in a long time, and so uh, that's just that's not good for me. I I know that church is a huge part. Of moving forward with the relationship with God, I know that, and I I've been burdened with that, and so trying to figure that piece out, I was just kind of lost. And so when when Celeste started saying some, targeting some, I guess signs that she saw in my life, it must have been something I was saying kind of negatively towards the church. You know, I can I can um, I really have to watch myself because I can be bitter, speaking from my brokenness. I think she identified something along those lines of just this bitterness of speaking out against the church, which is not my intentions by any means. But she identified that and she was able to say, well, you know, I, I think you've been spiritually abused. How does that make you feel? And going into that, like, how, what, what, is, what is the emotion behind this and, and breaking it down in those senses? So for me, I learned over time that spiritual abuse, the spiritual abuse I went through, Um, Growing up in um, a kind of a, I would say, a judgmental church, but also in a high school that really was legalistic and um, kind of degrading to the Bible in the sense of it being taught as uh, it's a a rule, it's rule-based, and it's works-based, and all these elements that weren't of God. Um, that were just kind of drilled in us. Yeah. I started seeing, okay, these, this is, these are signs of spiritual abuse. When we're, when authority is using the Bible to have their way or to manipulate um, a sort of authority decisions, um, and and honestly, you know, having your prayers being judged and graded, those we're, kinds we're of good. things, it just really, really shut me down spiritually. Um, but help me, I see. You know, okay, this is spiritual abuse. Now being able to see that was spiritual abuse. That is not of God. So yeah, she she helped me tap into that and see it from a whole different
2: perspective. Well, you know what? I, I our our mouths are just open, just just listening to all this because it's so significant. And that spiritual abuse is just so. Um, I think you're hearing more about that, and we don't even know what it's like. And you have just made some – I like how you say you you became bitter speaking from your brokenness. And I think so so much of this is we fail to take responsibility for our actions. We fail to take responsibility to go, maybe I need some healing before I can help be a part of healing others. And I think that was really significant. I love how you've given us the tools to go Mending the Soul was a great way to to help you get healing. Sometimes we don't even know we need healing to really be effective helping others. And I know um, one of the places that people want to find you, and I'm going to probably butcher how it's through Facebook, and uh, can you tell them and spell it out because it's Volviendo. Can you explain how people, if they want to connect with you, where they find you?
3: Yeah. um, We're working on getting a website up, but I think the the most direct path to getting in touch with us or getting connected is through Volviendo, which um, we have a Facebook page, so just Google or search us on Facebook. And it's spelled um, V as in Victor, O-L-V as in Victor, I-E-N as in Nancy, D as in dog, O. Um, And just like our page and just say something, you know, let us know. how If there's a way that you guys feel, you want to get involved, let us know, too, because we are – We are eager to, to start pulling some people together and build a lot of momentum, not only in Latin America, but
2: here in the States. Well, and Brittany, thank you for being on our show, and let's create the movement together. Have a great day. Thank you.